1: I'm
2: not doing well. I'm sick. I'm just getting over the death of my sister. And the same thing hit when uh, I found out this news. I was downstairs working out with Shakir and my other son Greg showed me the T and Zim clip. And I yelled at Greg, so yo man, get that out of my face. Get it out of my face, because you know how the internet hoax and all that. You know, I figured somebody was just playing around. I said, just, I didn't want to believe it. And then everybody's calling me. Is that true? Is it true? So I'm like, it must not be a hoax, because now the whole world knows this information. So now I'm saying, please don't be true. Please don't be true. Please don't be true. And I'm watching, and then you get the confirmation and, sad enough, even you hear his daughters with him. I didn't do anything. I haven't eaten. I haven't slept. I'm looking at all the tapes. But uh, I'm sick right now.
0: Shaquille O'Neal reacting like a lot of us did. Please don't be true when we first saw the news on TMZ that... The great Kobe Bryant had passed away, died on a helicopter crash. That was my reaction. Please don't be true. And that reaction was raw. The first we've heard from Shaq on the big podcast with Shaquille O'Neal. It's a Tuesday home and home. We are remembering Kobe Bryant. A radio.com sports original. were brought to you by Zip Recruiter. Check them out at ziprecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. I'm Dave Briggs, home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker on the road today down in Miami for the Super Bowl, where a lot of those players are also reflecting on the loss of Kobe Bryant. John Kincaid is a host uh, at 680 The Fan in Atlanta with CBS Sports Radio and the host of the big podcast with Shaq. He got that raw reaction from the big fellow there, and he joins us on the program this morning. John, it's great to talk to you, my friend. Dave Briggs here and Ross Tucker as well. Uh, it's hard to hear Shaquille O'Neal say he's not eating and he's not sleeping. How, how much is he hurting?
1: He's really hurting, Dave and Ross, and uh, good to talk to you guys. Um, he's it really is. He referenced in the beginning of the piece that his younger sister uh, passed away from cancer towards the end of 2019. And it really tore him up. And you could see it on him. You could see it that uh, when I saw him in person a week ago, I said to him, are you sleeping? I said, you look tired. And he's been really haunted by his sister's death because, as he talks about later on, there's more in the podcast about it. He talks about the fact that you don't expect your little sister Um, to go before you. And Shaq's very haunted by death. He's one of those guys who who is always bothered. Uh, He thinks about death more than anybody I've ever known. And he doesn't even like the word. Like when we bring it up on the podcast, somebody dying, he goes, stop talking about death. I don't like death. He worries about it. And he was really torn up by that. And then to have this happen uh, is really... It, it's, it's really moved him. We are worried about him yesterday. You know, we want him to, uh, he's off to L.A. today to do the special tonight, and I don't know how he's going to get through it because it's uh, it just has really torn him up. John, I'm curious, uh, you know, obviously you've
0: been doing the podcast with Shaq now for a few years. You guys have become close. You have a good friendship. I'm curious as to just wh- how close he was
1: with Kobe.
0: What was the well,
1: place of life? well, Ross, one of the things is, is that in, in this week's podcast, if people go to Podcast One and they download it, uh, we not only have that conversation around 20 minutes with Shaq from yesterday, but we replay the Shaq-Kobe interview that we conducted in 2015. And when I moderated that, that was their first conversation in 11 years. That was the first time – the two of them, had ever had a extended conversation in 11 years other than just uh, in passing saying hello. They had never had more than just casually saying hello to each other. And they both, we replay that entire interview so everybody can hear it, and they get very sort of raw with each other about uh, telling the truth about what happened, uh, how their relationship had broken down, uh, who's to blame, and Shaq will surprisingly take the majority of the blame. He, in fact, he takes the vast majority of the blame, and I laughed because Kobe didn't contradict him. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Kobe, Kobe definitely said he played a part in it, but that Shaq was the one who had really, he messed with him. Like a big brother with a little brother. And being a little brother and having a big brother, I really sort of likened their relationship to that. But guys, the best part about it is, though, in the years since, every once in a while you'd see like Shaq would say something like, yeah, I saw Kobe in the family the other day. Uh, Yeah, Sharif, his son, who's now transferred out of UCLA, who, by the way, Kobe was DMing less than 45 minutes before his death, was checking in on Shaq's son to make sure that he's okay. Is there anything he can do for him as guidance or otherwise? Because Shaq's son, Sharif, idolized Kobe. And Kobe took him under wing and trained with him. And so over the years, from the time we did that interview in 2015 to today, they weren't best of friends. They were never going to be best buddies, hang out, do everything. But they had come to such a place where their families got close, where their children got close, where Kobe's children called Shaq Uncle Shaq, where Shaq's children did the same. And I think that's like the most beautiful part of this story is that, thank God, that all got worked out. Not like some fairy tale. It was very real. And their issues with each other were very real. But they managed to grow up, be grown men, put it behind them, and find a way to have a really, like, really, really beautiful relationship down the stretch.
0: You can find the big podcast with Shaq on Podcast One. It's also available on iTunes, and this one is an absolute must listen. Here is Kobe. uh, Excuse me. Here is Shaq on on his love for Kobe Bryant. Listen.
2: And I know some idiot is going to bring up relationship with me and Kobe had our relationship was was that of brothers when I saw Kobe and his daughters loved them he saw my kids loved them if you look at my kids tweet uh Instagram he talked to Sharif yesterday morning yeah he was checking in
1: he was checking in on your son so not an hour before his death
2: so all the stuff that is documented between us it was never a dislike it's just Listen, this is what brothers do. I have a younger brother. We fight all the time, but guess what? I love him, and I love Kobe Bryant. I'm the first to say, hey, I got four rings, and I know I couldn't have got three without him.
0: That is real. That is raw. John Kincaid with us, 680, the fan, also the host of the big podcast with Shaq. You said Shaquille O'Neal took a lot of the blame for that relationship turning sour Where does the credit go? What brought them back together as brothers?
1: Well, I'd like to take the credit for that, but I can't. Uh, It was a great questioning that I brought them together like Oprah on a couch. But, no, what really happened is is that both men changed. uh, Kobe became a father. And I think that Shaq talks about it, that he saw a complete change in Kobe Bryant once Kobe became a dad. And that they would constantly talk, and he even brings it up yesterday, when they were when they're together, they found themselves in a place where they were together and could hang out and talk and, and everything. It was always about their children. And they found a common ground. And I really believe Shaq's children and Kobe's children brought the two adults together who both at various times acted like children, you know, in their relationship. But their kids brought them together because Kobe's kids gravitated to Shaq. Shaq's kids gravitated to Kobe. Um, just a, that there there was a fondness there. There was a warmth there. And I think both men learned to just look at it and say, man, look, look I, I can respect him. I respect him as a dad. I have common ground with him as a dad. And I think that's where it all sort of came together. And I can tell you this, from what I know of Shaquille in the five years we've known each other, if this had happened to Kobe and they hadn't worked that out, that beef out, uh, I, I, I don't know. He's the kind of guy, he has the biggest heart, He's a sweet sweet man and uh, much like Ross Tucker and if you uh, you know and and, and he would um, he would clearly have been wrecked by that if that had not uh, if that had not resolved itself. John, uh, knowing that
0: you grew up uh, in Philadelphia, I'm curious did you always take some measure of pride in Kobe's career or because he wasn't a sixer. Um, did you not really
1: care? Look, I'm a, I'm a Philly fan, Ross, so I rooted like hell against Kobe Bryant. And I rooted like hell against Shaquille O'Neal, too. It's one of our major beefs. I look back on that finals between Iverson and Shaq and Kobe, and I I, I still have bad feelings about it. Uh, strangely, my dad is a graduate of Lower Marion, uh High School. That's the high school that my dad went to. Um, all of my... Uh, almost all of my uncles and, and a bunch of my cousins went to Lower Marion High School. I have uh, relatives of mine on the police force in Lower Marion. Um, the uh, we have members of my my cousin is the fire chief of the town next to it. So they had watched Kobe Bryant come back to the community, and one of the things Ross about him is the fact that Kobe, when he would go back, um, Kobe always had this unapproachable quality to him as a professional whereas Shaq is the guy that comes into the restaurant and causes the scene and, and all the kids are climbing on him and goofing off and, and, he's, and he's stepping behind the counter and, and taking pictures. Kobe was much more elusive. Kobe was much more reclusive. But when Kobe would go back to Laura Marion and Kobe would go back into town and be amongst the place where he grew up, I actually think he was more comfortable because I think he felt like that was people who knew him when he was, just when he really wasn't anything yet, when he was an up-and-coming potential guy. I went and saw Kobe play in high school, saw Kobe play in high school at Lower Marion. and I remember them having to have the fire chief there every single game having to have the fire marshal there to make sure that the gyms weren't overflowed so there would be some sort of a violation. And I know that they fudge the rules because he used to play packed houses at the now Bryant Gymnasium as Kobe has, has donated so much money to make sure the kids at his school have the best of the best uh, for a local public school. And he's ama- he, he was amazing to that community. And many people in that community say the Kobe they would hear about the more um, uptight, the more um, sort of, uh, um, you know, a guy who was more reclusive didn't really want to interact with the public. That wasn't the public that, that they knew. That wasn't the Kobe that they knew in the Lower Marion area. So I rooted for that. Yeah,
0: it's, that that is a, some interesting stories there from John Kincaid, uh, host at Six Eighty, the fan, and host of the big podcast with Shaq. Um, I can't get a, I can't wrap my arms around why this one hit me so hard, John. I was crying all day Sunday. I still tear up when I think about it. And you bring up a good point that Shaq is the approachable, lovable, likable guy. Has this Kobe loss hurt people of our age group so hard? Because this was Superman. This was a guy that we watched grow up and it made us all feel vulnerable. It made us all feel like it could happen to us. And also seeing him as a father at the very end, I think hits again, guys in our age group in our forties. So, so much harder than I ever would have imagined.
1: Well, I think it's part of that. It's weird, Dave, Now you're in your 40s, and I'm in my 50s. And it's like, for me, I can recite chapter and verse all the games that I watched Jordan. And then a lot of times with Kobe, a lot of his greatest moments, I'm a young dad, I'm busy, I'm doing other things. I didn't have that same impact. My producers in Atlanta and things like that, they were more of Kobe. And I think now the kids growing up are more LeBron. It's as if there's transitional figures in NBA history that carry fandom through and really relate. It's something that baseball needs to learn. It's something, And I don't know that it can be organically created. It, it, it has to be organic. But NBA seems like it just has star after star that passes it to the next group of guys. And maybe it's a 10-year window of age where Kobe's your guy or Jordan was the guy or LeBron's the guy. That if They've been blessed to have those kind of figures. And I think that's why it moved you, Dave, is that also, too, uh, and I know this about you, and I, and I know it's, you know, we're parents. And when, a, when an accident happens like that, when a disaster happens like that, and there are children involved, and Shaq was very clear yesterday, wanted to acknowledge the other people in the, in the crash, too, uh, there were three children that had their lives snuffed out. And to me, as the father of a 10th grader in high school, I, I, I'd, I'd lose my mind. I'd lose my mind even thinking about anything happening to my daughter. And I think that everybody was wrecked a little bit more because of the fact that it wasn't just a bunch of adults who've lived their lives, who've gotten to do all these kind of things. But the loss of children's lives is just – it's unspeakable. Yeah. It really is. It's unspeakable. And I think that's why this loss even took a worse thing because you saw all the pictures of, of Kobe and Gigi. And they were incredibly close and incredibly tight. And Gigi was obsessed with, uh, you know, here with Trey Young in Atlanta, was her favorite player in the NBA. And they actually traveled to make sure that she could see games this year. The NBA games that Kobe had seen in person this year had all involved Trey Young of the Hawks because that was the player that that Gigi was so obsessed with and so excited to see. And it's it's amazing, and I know it's taken a a toll on Trey too. Uh, He was really overwhelmed with it all.
0: John Kincaid, 680 The Fan in Atlanta, host of the Big Podcast with Shaq. Check them out, podcast one or on iTunes. It is a must listen interview with Shaquille O'Neal. John, it's great to talk to you. Thank you, my friend. Nice
1: talking to you guys. And uh, Ross, no trouble in Florida, please. I will be in Vegas for the Super Bowl. No trouble in Florida. We don't want any calls. All right, sounds good. I won't. <laughs> Take care, buddy. See ya.